Hey guys, and welcome back to the 17th episode of the UK Curly Chronicles. I am Paula. And I am Chin. And the aim of the podcast is to have authentic conversations about hair, work life, relationships, society, and what it means to be a black female in the UK. Um, so today we're going to be discussing quite a lot of things. Obviously we're in quarantine, so that's going to come up in the topic. Um, but we also want to focus on law and everything to do with law. So how to get into it, um, how it is within the well within that sector, um, being black, and any advice that that our our special guests would give to to the listeners as well. Mm-hmm. So without further ado, we'll introduce our special guest. What, 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 what? Okay, so we have um, Adiola. Hey, Adiola. Hi. Hi. <laughs> um, would you like to tell us a little bit about yourself or do you want me to kind of go through everyone first? How, how do you guys want to do it? Should we go for you, Adi, first to kind of tell us a little bit about yourself? Just a quick check-in. Um, it's up to you, really. I don't mind. Yeah. Okay. So we've got Colleen here as well. Hey, Hello, Colleen. Hi. Hey. <laughs> and we've also got Brian. Hi, Brian. Hey, hey everyone. Hey, <laughs> hey, hey, hey. <laughs> so I guess if Ade, me and Ade went college together. By the way, guys, it's Chin talking, if you guys have forgotten how I sound. So, <laughs> <laughs> so we've got me and Ade kind of met in college and literally our friendship has just blossomed since then. Um, Ade's like very, very inspirational as well, likes to give the best advice. And yeah, hey girl, thanks for coming on the podcast. And with Colleen as well. Um, I met Colleen like a hundred years ago. <laughs> for real, we, we worked together, and that story is another. That's a story for another day. Yeah? <laughs> I swear. Well, I worked. I don't know about Colleen. I don't know where Colleen was. <laughs> listen, listen, listen. Another day, Chin. Another day. Another day. <laughs> but yeah, again, Colleen's another like very inspirational person. Um, again, our friendship has blossomed, and you're both basically like sisters to me. So, thanks for coming on to the show, and I'll thanks let Obi kind of. No, of course yeah. I let Paula kind of introduce Brian yeah so me and Brian I can't even remember how long it's actually been but I know that we first kind of connected due to fitness um yeah just, that's it, yeah. yeah literally due to fitness and even since then like we just bonded over like art I love for art cocktails mm. <laughs> food yeah <laughs> <laughs> but yeah Brian is he's very inspirational as well he's one of those those people that motivate you to just go and get it like yeah. don't dull on yourself oh, don't... thank you thank you thank you <laughs> <laughs> but literally like don't don't sleep on yourself like he's one of those guys that is always encouraging and supporting like the support that he shows me on a daily basis is crazy like crazy Definitely. so yeah <laughs> nice 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 i didn't ever think we'll get all three of you on a podcast you know literally. i thought this would never happen I didn't I'm not gonna lie I was like this ain't gonna ever happen man but thank you guys thanks, but we thanks, got thanks. here we actually got here literally so I guess we could start with a check-in just to see how everyone's getting on I know it's, it's not we're not, not I don't, we're not really doing much because of the quarantine and stuff but it's still kind of good for us to see how you're all getting on how you're finding this Different. this quarantine lifestyle honestly yeah. So we can start with Colleen. Do you know what? Yeah, I'm absolutely enjoying being at home. 
it's mad it's mad mad because you know what I sit in on work calls sometimes and we have like daily check-ins at work and people are like yeah I'm just still adjusting I'm thinking do you know what I'm in my element I actually thrive (laughs) being at home I really do I really really do so I'm good thankfully um mentally spiritually physically um obviously it sucks with what's going on yeah in the world but in terms of like me and how I'm doing yeah I'm doing good that's good that's good good. and how about you Ade how are you I think I'm like the complete opposite like I'm starting to get restless now Um, (laughs) but I think it's because I'm used to Monday to Friday having structure and being fast-paced yeah so I feel like for me now the days are just blurred into one and yeah it's not great but we're getting there we're getting there that's good yeah and then Brian I think I'm a bit of both, to be honest. Like, it's one of those ones where I'm. I like discipline, so I like kind of having that kind of structure in terms of going to the gyms in the morning, mm-hmm. um, going to work, and then coming home and studying. But this whole kind of coronavirus has just kind of threw it off. So, um, yeah, literally all good. Trying to keep like a good balance, like day to day. But literally, that's it. Just taking a day to day, and hopefully, this whole kind of corona thing ends soon. So, yeah. Um, what about you, Chip? Um, I think maybe more leaning to Colleen. I think I, I'm liking it. Um, but I've been working from home since January, so it's bad for me to say that I'm. I haven't like I've been. This has been my life since January. Do you know what I mean? Obviously, I'm still. I was going out before and doing things, but I work. I, I don't see much of a difference. I'm kind of enjoying it as well. I can like it. <laughs> I realise how much of an I introvert I was. Literally, I thought I was like. A, I thought I was really social and stuff, but then I realised I'm actually an introvert. I like, I love... No, Jen, I think you're like me. Yeah. I think we're in, like, we're the most extroverted, introverted people. <laughs> really. I mean, honestly. A good mixture. <laughs> literally. Literally. So I was like, oh, so I'm an introvert now. What am I? I'm so confused. I like being in social bits, but then I'm really enjoying my, like, my own time as well. It's been a good time to reflect. But how, how about you, Obi? Well, I feel like I'm all four of you right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's crazy. Because I thought I was a social person, but at the beginning of quarantine, I really thrived. I was like, yes, I've got... I was using my diary, like, the most that I've ever used it this year. Like, <laughs> some pages actually fell out because I was using it that much. <laughs> but, like, I was super organised. Then all of a sudden, it just, like, plateaued. And I was like, I don't want to leave bed. Like, I don't want to do anything. I just want to lay here. Um, yeah and then I'm like yeah I'm back on fitness like it's a it's a weird mix of emotions because mm-hmm. I'm not getting as much ox- well when I say oxygen I mean like I'm not going out as much as I used to so yeah I feel like I'm still trying to adjust um which Colleen don't laugh at me don't laugh at me because <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm not one of the people <laughs> that still like what <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah other than that I'm all good it's all good um, yeah that's good seems like everyone's doing fun as long as we're all healthy we thank God for that as well honestly for real everyone's but, well yeah. everyone's still thriving it's still good honestly yeah let's get into this let's do this so first of all let's kind of start off with what everyone does so just a brief introduction about what you do within law and maybe like how you even got into doing that as well mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um that would be good so maybe let's start with you Brian 
to switch up the mix. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's switch up the mix. Cool, cool, cool. Um, so yeah, I'm currently a graduate diploma in law student. So, um, my route wasn't the conventional route. So in um, my undergraduate, I studied history. Okay. Uh, took a few took a few years out, just thinking, oh, I'm gonna get like you know a graduate job in history and whatnot, but that didn't go to plan. So um, after two years of a kind of mini hiatus, came back and studied a law, a master's in law. Sorry, um, did that for a year, and yeah, like I said, I'm currently in my final year of my graduate diploma, and aspiring to be a hopefully criminal or immigration barrister. So amazing that's oh, amazing wow. that is amazing really just a quick question brian what made you kind of go like mm. what made you want to do kind of law like you went you said you'd done a um, history undergrad and then you went to do your um masters in law like what what was that kind of yeah. change for you um so just kind of like after i graduated I, w- I was always kind of interested in like kind of you know the american civil sorry criminal justice system uh civil rights movement and whatnot but as i kind of got towards the beginning of my masters um it was just a case of the way i kind of saw society change so okay. i was kind of big on trying to see how we can kind of increase representation in terms of you know having more black lawyers or having more sorry not black lawyers having more black barristers having more kind of people in different law kind of circles but at the same time just providing that aspiration to kind of you know the generation below me and even the generation above me as well so Amazing. Um, just from then on Uh, just getting kind of more knowledge and kind of seeing as I'm kind of learning about myself how does the law you know kind of treat people like me as well so that's where it kind of started from as well so yeah oh that's really amazing right good on you Brian thank you thank you and should we go to Colleen next yeah yeah sure so um I'm a qualified lawyer I work at Ernst & Young um, nice. I'm also a writer for a newspaper called The Guardian, where I cover um, pretty much like law topics and advice, kind of that I would give and lessons learned based on my own experience yeah. of getting into law. In terms of my specialism, I qualified into corporate and my work predominantly is a mix of corporate um, deals and structuring deals and commercial deals as well. And in terms of the clients that I work for, it could be your 5250 companies it could be high net worth individuals or it could be tech startups etc wow so it's quite varied that sounds that amazing literally inspiration the fact that you're even like you. writing and you're using your qualifications and your passion and skill to write and just help other people understand what's happening within law that's amazing honestly thank you and even like writing for the guardian as well like That's you tried to just say honestly you're just like i write for an article i was like yeah I write <laughs> literally. <laughs> literally. <laughs> so that is amazing Kaneem. but again thank this you. is a question for you i don't think i've ever asked you this question yeah. but what made you go into law and why corporate law okay so this is a question that i kind of i'm still trying to figure out the answer to and i'll tell you why i went into like why i'm just still trying to figure out the answer about me going into law yeah so obviously african background right mm-hmm. nigerian mom Ghanaian dad i was told from god knows when that i was going to be a lawyer mm. i was told that right yeah so i then kind of went on to study law for a levels and at that point i was still thinking hmm is this something that I want to do or is this something that I don't want to do? 
it was only when I realized that law is one of those industries where you can be, you can basically match it with your passions. So if my passion is media, I can become a media lawyer. If it's sports, I can become a sports lawyer. You can even become an arts lawyer. Mm. So it was when I got to that point that mm-hmm. I think it kind of became my decision. And I was like, okay, now I know what law is about because you know I think Brian mentioned that he wants to become a barrister yeah and when I was younger I just thought a lawyer is a lawyer I didn't know the difference between a solicitor or a barrister so I was always thinking that my parents were trying to push me into this kind of profession where I would be in the courts all day yeah and it's only when I started to kind of learn for myself what it is that law entails that I decided that I wanted to become a lawyer. So it's really, really weird because it's a mixture of kind of that industry was put in front of me, Mm -hmm. but then at the same time, I had to really kind of take the noise away and figure out, is this something that I wanted to do? And the reason I kind of went into corporate law and I chose the solicitor route over the barrister route is because first of all, I found out like just little things that people take for granted. So, you know, such as a barrister works for themselves. I was like, oh, but I enjoy working as part of a team. What sort of person am I? And then you kind of get to the fact, okay, but what do you like doing? And I realized that I really like writing. I like words. And obviously as a solicitor, I am literally sitting there reading contracts for most of the day, finding out ways to kind of like get around things and interpreting the words as well that's on the page. So for me, that's kind of what made me go down that route as opposed to the barrister route. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. That's amazing. That is really, yeah. really, Thank really you, my dear. gave me some shivers. And I think <laughs> we all relate, like, we all come from, like, African households where, like, parents have said, like, yeah, you're going to be a doctor, you're going to be a lawyer, you're going to be this, you're going to be that. So I even feel like with your story, like, a lot of people will be able to relate to that because, Definitely. African parents yeah. from the longest and it's hard. they've been telling us. They, they just tell you, yeah, <laughs> exactly. And it's hard though because usually when somebody makes a decision to me, by nature and the sort of person I am, I'm like, well, if you're telling me I'm going to do this, I'm going to do opposite. the exact opposite. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> it's true. It's because yeah, you it's want quite, yeah, that decision to be for yourself. You don't want to be like, oh, I did exactly. this for my whole life because my parents told me to do so. It's like, I want to do it exactly. because... I enjoy it, but exactly. yeah. mm-hmm. no, it's good. Yeah. Thank you. And another thing as well, just to, um, just to touch upon what Colleen said is, do you know usually like when like you hear like African parents making decisions for their kids, you it never usually goes like the right way. Those like oh, I never wanted to do this in the first place, and always end up saying no, I'm going to end up doing something else. Yeah. But the fact that you actually stuck with it and it's something that you've used, like you become successful with it, shows that sometimes they are wrong. You know, maybe yeah. this. this so, is yeah, yeah, you know? I agree. I agree. Yeah, There's a fine Literally. balance. <laughs> yeah, that's what it is. It's there just is, a balance. There yeah. is. Just a balance. <laughs> and how about you, Ade? Um, yeah, sure. So I studied law during my undergraduate degree and I decided to pursue a career at the bar. So I was called to the bar roughly two years ago. Nice. And in my current role, I work in public law. Mm-hmm. So I represent the government in court and I deal with human rights, EU law, international protection yeah um, mm-hmm. and some immigration matters and issues mm-hmm. so yeah 
amazing 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 that sounds really good as well it does tell us a bit more though Ade. i feel like yeah. you just kept it very very brief you need to <laughs> so you said you, you said you went you done the bar two years ago yes. yeah so how, yes. how was that process and then you had like where, where did it go from there what made you kind of get into this as well um okay so i st- like i said i studied law in my undergraduate degree mm-hmm um I really enjoyed my undergraduate degree and I think it demonstrated or it showed as to why I did so well yeah um so I knew that I wanted a career in law but I didn't know which um side of the profession I wanted to go into yeah um because obviously in the UK it's a dual profession so it's split so I wasn't too sure so after I graduated I um I've always wanted to work for government and NGOs so that was what I did Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so I went on to work for various government departments. I also worked for um, NGOs in the UK, and I actually realised I missed law. Yeah. So I wanted to maintain my passion for international relations, and because basically my whole um, dream, my big dream, well, basically my big dream growing up was that I was going to work for the UN. So. And that is that was an interest um, of my, a big interest of mine, and that I wanted to pursue. Yeah. So that kind of led me down the whole NGO government department path. Mm-hmm. And when I got there, I realised I really missed law. Mm-hmm. Um, for me personally, I liked the academic subject and just the study of the black letter law. I'm a bit of a geek like that. <laughs> um, I know that if you ask other people, they're like they like law because it offers a solution to problems. Yeah. For me personally, I'm more about the technical side of law. And I think that was what solidified my decision to pursue a career at the bar because I knew that barristers deal with complex legal issues and they deal with the tricky technical points of law. Most definitely. So that was basically my thought process and how I got there. Mm -hmm. Um, And in my current role, so I represent the government in court and I mainly deal with public law issues. So human rights, EU law, um, international protection, and also a lot of immigration issues as well. Wow. So asylum. Yeah. All types of stuff. That is amazing. That is amazing. That is amazing, that is. What? I'm actually getting goosebumps. Like, not everyone can say that they represent the government, like the UN. What? That is, <laughs> that is an achievement Honestly. And even, like, doing the bar as well. Because I know, like, how challenging that, that was. Um, that yes, is to get onto. <laughs> I know. He was there the whole time. So th- that that in itself is an amazing, amazing achievement. Um, so like really good on you, Ade. Like, right, well done. Yeah, oh, well thank done. You. It's okay. It's okay. Yeah, no, that's actually really. And it sounds like you've navigated through the industry really well as well. To yeah. Find out like what you like, what you don't like. Um, and I think that's applicable to any industry that you're in. Sometimes you can feel stuck at like okay, I'm here now, but yeah. do I want to go into, like, venture into a different, like, path of the same industry, but just a different area? But I feel like you've actually navigated that really well. Um, so we'll get some tips from you definitely. on how you did that. Most definitely. Well, yeah. Yeah. thanks, guys, for that. Like, I feel so inspired. I'm going to, like, I don't know. I just feel, <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I'm like, hmm, you know, I should have done more. <laughs> it's so like it's so inspirational because i I know how like i know quite a few people that did law and how challenging they found it and sometimes you get demotivated because you just see so many barriers like 
trying to get into a profession or become a lawyer or become a barrister and people just end up giving up but to hear that you guys have reached like on your you're on your journey to where you need to go to and there's yeah. you're kind of like living proof that it is possible is amazing yeah definitely. definitely i feel like even the hard work that you guys put in like i feel like yes with every degree every course is hard but law is like I feel like it's a whole nother step of like mm-hmm. motivation and dedication to going to the library to read in books to sourcing information. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think even that dedication alone is it's amazing. Definitely, literally inspirational. Yeah, it's Thank okay. You. It's okay. And like, what would you say that the biggest challenge um, you faced? in your like the specific role right now or just on your journey like to becoming a lawyer or barrister I know mm. that's a very like we <laughs> <laughs> could single challenge or challenges so, yeah. we could do maybe we should split yeah. maybe we should do like challenge in like education so like getting there and then challenges in like workplaces mm-hmm. or kind of moving about to different roles and yeah so if we do challenges okay. through education first i'll probably kick start this one off but um i think with education my biggest challenge was keeping up with other people in different universities who were also studying law and let me kind of just delve into this a bit further i went to a university called the montfort university right and my sister went to warwick university okay yeah she studied law i studied law now when i tell you that the curriculum the fundamentals is the same but the extra classes that they have on top is totally different totally different and i realized very early on that the experience that I was getting in education was very different to my counterparts. So I think for me, the biggest hurdle when it came to education was not only kind of just keeping up with what I was learning, but then trying to find out the things that I didn't know but obviously it's hard to find it's hard to know what you don't know if that makes sense yeah so i think that was my my biggest hurdle is just like okay well i know it's going to get to a point where we all graduate and then i'm going to be in this big pool of aspiring lawyers who ultimately have the education but probably have the soft skills and they've had all of these different law firms come to the university talk to them about the processes talk to them about what they need to do to kind of give them the best chances of success. And I felt that through education, it wasn't, it was was very, very hard for me to just concentrate on what I was learning. I was constantly having to keep up with other people. That's what I think. Do you think that was a lack of funding that DeMontford University had? Or like lack of um, like teachers to do those extra classes and stuff. No, I think it's it boils down to elitism. 
if I'm totally honest 100%. with you. Um, I'm breaking into a traditional industry. Mm. Um, the at University was a red brick, uni- so it wasn't a red brick university. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was an ex-polytechnic university. Okay. So ultimately, when you're looking at law firms back then, like remember, like back in 2009, I think, it's when I started university, um, diversity and inclusion wasn't a big thing mm. like it is yeah. now. Like we didn't have your urban lawyers, your aspiring solicitors, etc. We didn't have all of that. It wasn't a buzzword. So for them, they're just trying to get the best yeah. of the best. Yeah. And the best yeah, of the yeah. best to them equated Oxford, Cambridge, Warwick, you know, your Red Brick Universities. Yeah. Wow. No. Mm, I agree to that. I agree with that though. I completely understand what you're what you're saying. I feel like hey, it's just facts, uh-huh. facts. Because even if you put it back into school days, and there's like a bit of a different comparison, but do you know, like in, um, in secondary school, when you had like top set, middle set, bottom set, yeah. a lot of the work. Is the oh, yeah. <laughs> Let's be honest; they were putting more effort to like top sets. Do you know what I mean? And the bottom set, like they 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 probably didn't get as much support as they needed because it's like already of there's no point anyway. <laughs> like literally, that's how it was. There's no yeah. point. Like yeah. you just yeah. you're gonna end up doing this this this. It's like some self fulfilling prophecy. Whereas with the top set, middle sets, it's like okay, you guys want to make sure you get the A stars to C's, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. So I think that same thing is applied within top unis as well. It's like you guys are the best. You guys are gonna do this and that and that. Hence why they like pump so much like into it. Into yeah. it. That's actually definitely true. agree. Definitely agree. So that's good though, Kaneen, though, because yeah. I, I like literally. I thought you went like to 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 Warwick or one of those universities. You... No, I went to the I solely chose my. I'm not going to lie to you guys. I chose that university because it was popping at the time, and I was like, oh my god, what's <laughs> 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 a party? <laughs> Trust me, but at least we could look. I can't even lie. You had a good balance. You get what I mean? I really enjoyed. You know, I really you had enjoyed. a good balance. <laughs> I did, and back then as well, because I was the oldest, um, I didn't have, my mum and dad weren't guiding me, they just knew that they wanted me to be a lawyer, they didn't care about how I did it, it was just like, you know, you're going to be that, so they weren't saying to me, oh, do you know what, kind of like, maybe choose a university that's going to help you with your career, or that would make it easier for you, for instance. They were just like, oh, you're going uni. That's cool. Same ways. If I could say to them, I'm a corporate lawyer. I could say I'm a high street lawyer. I could say I'm whatever lawyer. They're fine. <laughs> Do you know what? Yeah. I just want to touch on that because I feel like with a lot of African parents, they love to say like, yeah, this is what you should, this is the career path you need to go down. But they don't actually take the time to actually help guide us. <laughs> no, but it's true. You've got it's to love true. them for it. You've got they to just want to hear that buzzword, oh, you're a doctor. You could be doing anything. They don't care what type of doctor, but there's doctor in the name. But, but even that support, like, if you want me to be a doctor or a lawyer or uh, an airplane driver or anything else, like, they should help guide. That's what I think anyways. And I think that they should help support us um, with mm. those dreams. But then at the same time, it's made us stronger because we're literally go-getters. Yeah. Like, exactly. I, I do agree with that. I do agree with that. I, I just think, though, that sometimes we forget that a lot of our parents are first, that like we're first yeah. generation, right? Mm. So for them as well, they don't necessarily know the ropes. So <laughs> it's quite hard for them yeah. to make yeah. sense. Yeah. <laughs> 
it's yeah, it's it's a catch twenty two situation to be totally honest with you because I definitely hear what you're saying. Because they like come here from like back home and they're like, oh, I just need to manage myself or you know, <laughs> <laughs> you guys just do doctor, lawyer, any of that one. That is fine, but me I just manage myself and make it from day to day because they're not interested. As long as you're a doctor, lawyer, they just want to manage themselves. So you can't blame them for minding their own business. Do you know what I mean? You can't blame them. I'm sorry, it's true. <laughs> no, it's true, but yeah. it's good. Do you know one thing that? I actually appreciate is that they they made us think about these opportunities that we probably maybe wouldn't yeah. have because yeah, when we look at like the schooling system like no teachers were telling us you're going to be a doctor you're going to be this or that sure. they were like all of these like middle class or like um upper class um teachers they weren't they're not really going to say that to especially black kids as well yeah um but we needed to hear that voice to say, like, do you know what? You're going to be a doctor. You can be that doctor. You can be that lawyer. You are going to be that lawyer. Like, sometimes you need that voice. So yes. I feel like they helped with making some of these dreams come true. Definitely. Definitely. <laughs> Definitely. Sure. And how about, like, the rest of you guys? You guys can just come in whenever. Yeah. You know, we're feel not gonna... free. Feel free. Feel free. Brian, I don't know. Whoever wants to go next. Um, <laughs> I'll chime in. All right. Yeah, yeah, go for it. Um, So educational challenges. I think, because um, I think it's fair to say that the field we're in is quite competitive. So I think one of my challenges, I wouldn't say it's the biggest challenge, but a constant thought for me when I was in university was always making sure I got good grades. Because mm-hmm. um, the reality mm-hmm. is being mediocre doesn't cut it because there's loads of other people who have got excellent grades and you're all applying for the same career or same job, if that makes sense. Yeah. And also, I think, just, okay, what Colleen was saying, in addition to you getting your grades, which is literally the basics, you have to do stuff that makes you stand out. Mm -hmm. So, for example, um, during university, you have to get involved in societies, like law society, this, that, the other. And I was actually on the committee of my society um, two years running. So it took a lot of my time. Um, so I think that it was difficult to balance my extracurricular, extracurricular activities alongside my actual studies mm-hmm. and also maintaining my grades, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that was a challenge, yeah. I think. Well, that was one of my, my biggest challenges when I look back do you mind a graduate degree? Yeah. That must have about like mm-hmm. after your um graduate degree. Did you have any challenges actually like within the industry itself? Yeah, so so getting to the bar, um so just to break it down for people, um so in the UK you do like your law degree and then or like like you can if you don't do a law degree you do a GDL and um, which is like the law conversion course and then you decide whether or not you want to be a barrister or solicitor so go on do the BBTC or do the LP, LPC um so for me I, I wanted to go and go on to do the BBTC and within that there was quite a few <laughs> um hurdles that you had to overcome first mm-hmm. so um for example when I applied, you had to take a test. So before you can even get on the course, you have to take a test, so a VCAT test, which wasn't too bad, to be fair. Um, but I knew a lot of people that failed it and they had to retake the test again. And basically, you can't start the course until you've 
pass that test. Yeah. Um, so that's a challenge in itself, I guess, if you're not good with aptitude tests, if that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Because the test kind of, yeah. it kind of, um, what's the word? It kind of gauges how well you would do on the course. Uh, is it kind of like a psychometric test where it's like yeah, it's... personality mixed with spatial patterns? Like, no, no, not really. No, it, um, the, the test kind of tests your um, critical thinking skills and your reasoning okay. skills. Okay. So it's attitude based, but it's weird because you can't really prepare for it. It's it's something that you basically. I say that it's something that you need to be strengthening on a day to day basis, either by reading newspapers or just reading judgments. Like I know that some people. I I, I think for me personally, when I was studying law, I had to read judgments all the time to find out the ratio and stuff like that. Yeah. So. Yeah. The reasoning aspect wasn't too difficult, but I think if you're new coming in, then to strengthen your reasoning skills and stuff like that, because that's what the test um, basically tests. So it may be a bit unusual to like start thinking in a certain way. Yeah, definitely. Um, so that's for some people that was a hurdle. Um, in terms of actually the course itself, it's quite expensive. Um, so. In terms of finances, um, I think when I did it, it was around £18,000. Yeah. If I can remember correctly. No. After you finished paying for the Honestly, what? after you've oh. done the whole degree. It's a lot of money. Yeah. and It's, it's a lot of money. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the thing is, with the course, you couldn't get... Basically, there's no student loan because it's vocational. Um... So it's a professional course. And so you have to... Basically, I know a lot of people who were taking out loans... Um, you can apply for scholarships, but with the scholarships, um, it's very competitive, of mm. course. And um, so, for example, there's four different inns and each inn has a pot of money okay. and they'll pay for you to get on your course. Um, so a lot of people were applying for scholarships. They weren't successful. Um, a lot of people took out loans. So even just coming to the bar, just even getting on the course itself was I know for many people, a financial impediment. Of course. Um, for me, personally speaking, it, I was actually quite lucky in the sense that I got my scholarship first time round. Wow. So I didn't really, I can't really speak on the financial um, barriers in regards to that sense because I didn't really have any. Yeah. Um, but I knew that it was, basically, I knew that I couldn't do the course if I didn't have that money because I didn't really want to take out a loan, if yeah. that makes sense. Yeah. Um. So yeah. Wow. Okay. And and but you know, like it, like it, on the course, um, the kind of people, like the people that you are, like your um, the fellow students and stuff. Was it kind of hard? Like, how how is it like? Was it? Did you feel different? Was you like the only black girl? How was it like as well? Was that a challenge at all? Trying to kind of compete. So, I would describe my BPTC year as iron sharpens iron. Mm -hmm. That's my that's my mentality anyway, mm -hmm. because I think when you I can I can only speak from the bar um, side point of view, but the bar is filled with excellence. Okay. And I think rightly so. When you go to a barrister, you want a good barrister, you want a decent barrister. Um, everyone there has got more prizes, more awards, more accolades than you can. You're longer than your arm. So when you're in a class filled with people like that, like I remember. One of my classmates, um, 
he went to Harvard Law. He was like studying his JD there. But he's a really cool guy. And like, we still get on, we still talk now. Um, but when you're in a class and you're having debates and, you know, for example, you've got like this legal issue, it's actually interesting to like hear how other people think and yeah. how other people reason. Yeah. So for me, I kind of saw it as, even though, yeah, I was the only black person in my class, um, in my actual whole year, there was, I think there was about 10 b- black people there, 10 BM black and ethnic minority people in the oh, whole course. I did it full time. Um, so the full, so I did it yeah. full time because um, I didn't need to work. So I just thought, okay, I'm just going to bang it out in the year. Um, there's about 300 people in the full time course. And I think 10, 10 of us were black and ethnic what? minority. Wow. I am shocked. Yeah. <clears throat> That is <sighs> very low, like extremely low. That's yeah. not even like a percent. But do you yeah. know what? What actually <laughs> hurts me yeah, is that I know for a fact, like, if that eighteen k, if it was reduced, there'd be more black people there. Mm. I feel like when it comes to spending eighteen k, like it, it's hard. Like, not everyone can financially do that. Exactly. Some people that that would have been where their ambition kind of was capped because they wouldn't be able to do that. Most definitely. Um, And it's a shame to see. Or it's like I'll have to save up for it and then maybe in a couple of years I can go back and do it. Wow. I mean, but I also know people who have done it part time and they've paid their way yeah. through it, which I even think is even more accolade, like more credit mm. to you. Yeah. Because um, it shows that you really yeah. want it. Yeah. Like for me personally, I don't, I wanted it, but I don't know if I wanted it that much to go and get an ATK loan. I think I would have reapplied in the next year, which I know other, some of my other peers have done. They've reapplied, they've got it. Or for example, they've had to reapply two, three times. Um, It is trial mm. and error. It is, you're going to face a lot of rejections, but I mean, if you want it and you work hard, eventually you will get yeah. there. Yeah, definitely. <clears throat> That's really interesting. Yeah. Very, very interesting. Sounds like a sounds like a, a draining experience, but at the same time, it's worth yeah. it at the end. Highly rewarding. No, of course. Like I'm not gonna. Yeah. yeah no, I wouldn't like paint all those um, roses and flowers because there was numerous times me and you had conversations, <laughs> and I was like, I'm dying. <laughs> I'm like crying in my pillow. Like no, like it is tough. Yeah. Right. But you made it. You got there. You got there. Wow. And and how about you, Brian? Because yeah. you're still kind of oh. partially in the process. <laughs> in the, the journey. So it'll be good yeah. to see, like, yeah, yeah, what your yeah. Because literally, just kind of ah, oh, literally, just echoing off um, kind of what Kalina has mentioned and Adiola as well. Um, in terms of just those are kind of more so like for me, like the future challenges in terms of what I've kind of go ahead to look for so i'm just kind of trying to take it in my stride now but in terms of where i'm right now um i'd say more so just finding that kind of asking yourself why or like the purpose or the motivation behind looking to kind of aspire to such such a career because um like kind of adiola was saying in terms of the fees um i think now they've kind of recently reduced it to like i think 13 and a half or 14k Oh, that's yeah. good. I think they have, but even then, it's like it's not like thirteen k, fourteen k is like easy money for you know most of us. So, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. just for me, in terms of just 
trying to create that identity behind the person aspiring to such a career. So yeah. just, um, I think Colleen was saying as well, like there's always going to be that kind of sense of competition between, you know, people studying at different universities or, you know, mm-hmm. when you finish um, qualifying from the bar, um, it feels, it gets that kind of impression of like, okay, this is like an elitist kind of group of people or kind of circle, but just kind of asking myself and kind of reaffirming as well that, you know, even though I want to aspire to this career, I'm more than deservingly, you know, I deserve to be in this space. Exactly. So just kind of like, like I said, like keep kind of reassuring myself in terms of, okay, like, you know, yeah, I can do this and whatnot, but at the same time, not letting, you know, because like as you go through the educational kind of, you know, record, like I look at the classroom and I just feel like, okay, yeah, I'm I'm black. And then it's like year by year, it's like the number of like, you know, BME students in the class decreases. So it's like, Mm. there's not there's not that representation but at the same time it's like you have to kind of understand that this is the journey for you so it's like you don't want to kind of like you know think too much about the competition or you know the people in your class or just kind of the conversations that you're having with people you just kind of have to kind of just keep yourself kind of motivated and kind of keep saying okay like once you finish this stage you go into the next kind of stage and then you know the barriers are there but at the same time it's nothing that you can't overcome so yeah yeah that's that's literally the main thing for me right now yeah okay and the thing is it just takes one person when it comes to representation yeah it literally mm-hmm, it mm-hmm. takes yeah. you making it to inspire someone else yeah like that's all it Definitely. takes it's like if someone can look up and see that like all three of you have gotten to that place and you've paved the way then they could be like, do you know what? If they can do it, I can do it. I can do Even it. Even if Definitely. The, the BME numbers drop yeah. from like 50 to one year, in one year down to five people, like people still be like, I'm going to be part of that five people that's left. Do you get what I mean? Yeah. And like, I guess we can go into like a bit of a debate now. Guys, you could be as honest and as real yeah. as you want. <laughs> um, you guys don't have to be too formal. Like, you guys can break it down. Like, um, but just going to ask, um, do you think, like, honestly, honestly speaking, do you think, feel like um, it is difficult for like BMEs or, let's say, Black people to kind of get into like these sectors? And this is not me just talking about law now. It could be marketing, it could be psychology. Um, um, or, or do you feel like we kind of create those barriers for ourselves? Do you think it's a bit of a self-pity thing? Oh, we're not going to get there anyway. Um, what's, what's your lot's thoughts? I'm, do you know, um, I'm not even going to speak on this one. So I want to hear what you guys have to say. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just to... Okay. Oh, cool. Hmm. Do you know what? Yeah, literally, sorry yeah, about on, that. Just to kind of kick off. Um, I think it's more so a case of just ourselves because sometimes, like, when we look at the system in terms of, okay, like, you know, maybe we don't feel like we want to be in these circles or, you know, um, okay, I'm not going to, I'm not going to be around the bush, but when it comes to like privileges and whatnot, um, if you already kind of have those things circling around your mind, you already kind of put in, you're putting, you're creating like a disservice to yourself. So it's like, mm. I think we kind of create the barriers ourselves because we look at the external and then we allow that to kind of influence internally like how we can actually see you know approaching this kind of type of career so mm. I think it's it's more so ourselves like we just not, we need to change the mindset like like we were saying like it literally just takes one two you know four five people to kind of break down this kind of stigmatism that we're not 
always or we're not privy to being in these circles or spaces but at the same time if you know that person can do it what's to say that i can't do it or you know the next person down the line can't do it so yeah fair point fair point sorry can, i thought kaleem was going to say something before mm-hmm. no yeah no no do you know what i was just i was just pondering on what um brian was saying but i think honestly i think it is hard for black and ethnic minorities to get into certain industries because there is institutional and systemic racism for me yeah that's facts that does exist however i agree with brian because that's not to say that we do not create mm-hmm. some of these hurdles ourselves mentally the mental challenges that are there so sometimes i think that yes okay we know that these there's these challenges ahead but at the same time we sometimes think that because there's these challenges ahead <laughs> yeah that is an excuse for us not succeeding but that is not the excuse it's not an excuse at all so um i mean i would i would like to hear from someone who thinks that you know it is easy for us to (laughs) succeed in the uk in various industries traditional ones i I would love to hear it but, <laughs> no, no, but, like, um, it's not. It's not. <laughs> I don't think Brian was saying that though. <laughs> no, fair enough. Like, I, I wouldn't say it's like I'm never gonna say it's easy, but I'm just thinking like in terms of how we approach the kind of the route. I feel like most of us would want to. We we kind of want like a convenient route, so you know we finish um our law degree either choose the LPC or the BPTC and then you know hopefully secure like a training contract or pupillage but just in terms of kind of extra kind of mm-hmm. curriculums like in terms of maybe for me um, advocacy training uh, muting experience even court martialing as well like not all these kind of opportunities like are widely kind of they're, they're always there but it's like not many of us like within the BME community like actually aspire to kind of say okay like you know, let me go and try this avenue or let me, you know, go down this kind of um, kind of route. It's just like we're so focused on the studies and kind of just getting the top grades that we actually forget that we're more than, you know, the grades on the piece of paper or the certificate at the end of the course. It's more more of a case of how much of a well-rounded kind of person are you in terms of maybe if you come across, I don't know, like sticky situations or, you know, maybe if it's a case of your knowledge or applying yourself to like, society itself like we just focus so much on the one route that we kind of not leave ourselves kind of leave ourselves kind of open but we kind of just I don't know it's just it's a tricky one because it's like when I'm looking at it I'm thinking this type of knowledge I've got now I wish a lot more people would have had it or kind of aspire to have it but at the same time it's like just because I'm doing it now and I feel like okay like it's working for me it doesn't necessarily mean that the next person who kind of sees the route will go on like a court martial experience or you know go on like a mini pupillage like it's not going to be straightforward like that it's just mm. more of a case of how do you kind of see these kind of steps or kind of routes in terms of the grand scheme of things and mm. kind of building up to where you want to be in the future so mm-hmm. i'm not saying like it's an easy route but i feel like we could make it a lot more easier for ourselves if we actually you know took the time out to kind of maybe do our research or due diligence as well so True. that's where i'm coming from no, I get it. So, 
Mm-hmm. I agree with that. I definitely agree with that. I think sometimes mm. that we've got to ask ourselves why. Why do people put these mental like kind of challenges um, on themselves? So, for instance, I remember when I did my first round of applications um, for training contracts and I got like rejected from pretty much every firm that I applied to. And I decided to go and find a mentor um, on a formal scheme and he read my application and he was able to tell me straight away why. And he was like, it's because you're not selling yourself properly. There's nothing wrong with the questions that you've answered, sorry, the answers that you put down on this application form. But when it comes to the question, which says, why you? I wasn't selling myself properly. And it was because I was afraid to do so. And sometimes you think that that, and it's very easy to say, to sit back and say, that's a challenge you placed upon yourself. And that's something that you you know, you should have known back then. But I think when you kind of just take a step back, when you're, again, it comes down to being first generation, etc. And you're, yeah. you're being told that you have to fit in. You have to fit in. You, you can't stand out. And then all of a sudden you're like, whoa, yeah. these people are yeah. being taught mm. to stand out. I, 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 just, I just think, like, I think, I don't know how to describe it, but I just sometimes think that it's so easy now right for people to who are coming through the kind of like ranks to to sit there and be confident and have Mm -hmm. an amazing Mm -hmm. mindset and it's not easy it's not easy but I think it's a lot easier because there's representation now Right. And um, that's because, you know, we've got social media, like I said, we've got all of these diversity groups, etc., where people are showing you, you can do this. So it's easy to kind of have that easier, sorry, to kind of have that mindset when you're able to see someone mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that's where you want to Most be. Most definitely. I also just want that to make sense? just at the end of that, because mm-hmm. um, I feel like one one part that you, you mentioned was about like the way why we think the way that we do um and I think it's because that's how we've been taught to think as black people Mm -hmm. like we've Mm -hmm. all like from the go from the jump straight away like you need to work twice as hard you need Mm -hmm. to do this you need to do that Mm -hmm. like it's like everyone has told us um even in like films and stuff like that like as black people we know that we have to put in much more work to get to the same place as other races mm-hmm. um and equally with that like I don't think we were taught to like actually enjoy and embrace our individuality it's more so like yeah. play by the rules like do what they mm-hmm. do mm-hmm. like blend in follow the crowd whereas now rightly as you said like it's more about being individual and that's across all industries like you could Definitely. you could be like in law, but then you have your own flair, and people are drawn to personality, and I feel like that's what we weren't really taught and we weren't really embracing in our younger years. But you can do whatever you're doing, whatever industry, whatever role you want to do, but what makes it different is you. And then you come out of university, Definitely. and when they're asking, they're like, 
so why why do you want to work for us like what makes you different from the next person you're like well because I'm me but Mm -hmm. we haven't been like as you said we haven't been taught how to sell ourselves because we've always been Mm -hmm. told to follow the rules and do you like follow the majority do you get what I mean and now it's like no like choose me because I'm this I'm that on the weekends I do this I'm interested in that and people are like okay like I like that I fucked with that you know and you've got knowledge and you've got industry like expertise let's do it um let's do it yeah I feel like that's what we need more of definitely it was definitely it's like like what you both said as well and Brian as well I think it is from childhood as well because you know um there's one thing that that I've kind of noticed it was to talk about when growing up in an African home I don't know if you guys can resonate with this as well but you kind of talk when 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 someone's talking to you you don't look at them in the eyes when you're getting told off you you look you (laughs) look down you look down and again that is to do with that's to do with your confidence and that they don't realize how that affects your confidence you now go to school and your teacher you look your teacher's telling you off and you're looking down and teacher's like look at me Mm. now and okay there's a bit of cultural um a bit of dual, dual how do I say it? dual cultures so again a bit of a you're in the middle you're like oh you've got to go home you practice another way you mm, go to school yeah. and you practice another way another thing as well when you're when you're quite outspoken as an African child is can you shut up your mouth don't be talking anyhow so you're then t- it's true <laughs> you're then taught to be quiet if, you're, if you speak at a certain time so I know that I, my parents didn't do this on purpose or anything like that but maybe I was a bit too much and I was like eh can you be quiet when you get to this person's house be quiet I don't want to hear Pim I don't want to hear Pam so you're do you know what I mean? Whereas you go to an oil house or a white person's house and you, like, you see the kids that like, we were very free yeah. and very happy to be open and they're answering them so many questions. It's, you know, it's very, very yeah. different. And I'm not blaming them because that's how they've, our parents, because that's how they've been taught as well. It's just a cycle. Yeah. Do you get it? But it does them from childhood. It definitely does. And it's only when we get to college, get to uni and you're starting to learn that actually I can be myself. I, I can look at you in the eye because that shows confidence. Mm-hmm. I can do this. I can do that. That's when the difference yeah. is made. Do you get it? It's so actually yeah. so much yeah. because one thing that I struggled with after I graduated was eye contact. Um, mm-hmm. I just, I couldn't do it. Like, when it came to eye contact, I was like, I don't feel comfortable actually staring at people in their eyes for that long. But everyone was like, but you know that yeah. actually shows confidence. And I was like, well, <laughs> do you get what I mean? Like, the way that I'm, yeah. I've been brought up is different to what everyone else is want. Like it's, it's actually really like no, crazy. Definitely. Sorry, guys. I kind of took yeah. it off topic. No, but it's <laughs> but yeah, yeah. I just yeah, I just want to see that. That's kind of where sometimes where it stems <laughs> yeah. from. Yeah, literally, just going to ask you what your like whole um, viewpoint was in terms of like BME and challenges and what like where you kind of stood. Mm. Um, so yeah, I do think that obviously what in if your industry is competitive, um, there's gonna be challenges in itself. Um, of course I do think that sometimes as black and ethnic minorities, we are in a much difficult position, whether that's due to our social economic background, um, where we studied for university. Mm-hmm. Um so I do think that there are challenges that we do face. And I do think that, just to echo on from, I think, what Colleen said, um, some industries are more favourite. They do favourite, um, you know, the white, Oxbridge educated type of um, candidate. Mm-hmm. But I do think that if 
I, I'm a firm believer in meritocracy and it's only because of my own personal experience. Um, I never in a million years thought that I would be, that I would get a scholarship. And for, so, yeah, so I never in a million years thought that I would get a scholarship at an institution which is predominantly white, male, Oxbridge educated. Yeah. So I... And for me personally, I just believe in meritocracy. I'm not saying that it's not hard because I've had my own barriers and challenges, but I do think that if you can get the basics and you can match it up to your counterparts, and of course you have to work harder than your counterparts, I do think that you have a greater chance knocking those barriers down. Mm. Yeah. That's actually very true. Mm -hmm. But that's just my experience. I mean... Mm. Fair enough. So are you I like guess, more... Mm, no, go on, Paul. I was just going to ask everyone, um, what advice would you give to, like... We could either phrase it like the younger version of you, you know these questions. Like, if you could give your, your former self some, some words of advice, what would you give? Or if someone listening is actually thinking, do you know what, I'm on the process of getting into law or I'm thinking about getting into law, um, what advice would you give to them equally about like overcoming these barriers, about staying motivated, about making sure that you're in the, the upper circle when it comes to law and you're not just like, just getting by or just being mediocre? Um, feel free. Um, Anyone can jump in. Yeah, I think I think one of the main things is that to actually acknowledge that there is going to be barriers because um, I feel like sometimes when you know just kind of going through education and you know going through uni and everything, um, we always feel like the trajectory is always going to be like a linear kind of you know graduate, move on to the next course, finish from that, then move on to the next stage. But whenever we hit like kind of like setbacks and whatnot, like some it depends like who you are as a person but mm -hmm. I feel like it's so easy to just kind of let a setback here or let a setback over there just kind of knock you like you know sideways and whatnot so I feel like it's just to just to be more so kind of mindful that you know there is going to be barriers but at the same time whenever you come through whenever you kind of approach like a sticky situation or you know something's not really going your way um just kind of be mindful of how you kind of let that influence you know your next step or you know how you move on from there so um that's probably the, the first thing i'll say the second thing i'll say is probably um just to kind of keep motivated mm -hmm. and kind of just kind of keep asking yourself why do you want to kind of do this because like we've kind of touched upon in the past um you know our parents for whatever specific reason they wanted they just wanted us to be you know like a lawyer or like a doctor or you know all these kind of educational kind of routes but at the same time, um, you don't want to get to the stage where, you know, they're asking you also, why do you want to pursue a career in law? And then you're kind of saying, oh, well, I was inspired by my dad or my mom. And it's like, no. So why do you really want to kind of pursue a career in yeah. law? So <laughs> just literally just keep reaffirming to yourself that, you know, you're more than deserving to be in certain certain situations and certain spaces that you find yourself mm -hmm. in. But at the same time, just keep asking yourself, like, why you want to be, you know, a lawyer, whether that's solicitor or barrister or maybe legal executive or, you know, whatnot, and just kind of doing more. So, you know, going through like looking for different opportunities, so like internships, uh, mini pupillages, court martialing, any type of kind of 
legal experience that you know you can add onto your CV, but at the same time, actually kind of learn more about you know the career you want to pursue, but at the same time learn more about yourself and your skills. So, what what tips would you give to like actually stay motivated? Is there anything that you do, like watching um, like films or reading books or like what do you do to keep yourself motivated? Um, I'm more so kind of into my books so just kind of different types of books that I feel like you know can open up your mindset in terms of you know whether you suffer from anxiety just looking at books that you know cover anxiety or you know if it's public speaking Mm. um, looking at kind of books or kind of articles Mm -hmm. that you know force you to kind of think differently about how you approach things but more so about yourself as well so um, I think depending on who you are as well um, you know it could be a, a case of maybe praying as well, but you don't want to kind of fall into, you know, the mistake of thinking, okay, I'm just going to pray, 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 but are you actually even praying effectively? So um, it's just a case of, for me, so just kind of read. <laughs> That's a whole different conversation, but... <laughs> I wanted to laugh off our It's so no. true. <laughs> but no, it's true though. It's actually true. But, um, yeah, no, literally, yeah, like I'll say kind of, reading around kind of different aspects of you know what makes you as a person so even if it's a case of you feel like you're an introvert um just kind of getting more information and knowledge as to you know what makes you an introvert or are you kind of extroverted in certain you know kind of spaces or situations but you know just kind of learning more about yourself to be honest and just kind of being mindful of that you know you're not you're not going to be the same person starting university as you're not going to be the same person when you start university compared to like you know, when you're actually working, mm-hmm. you know, qualified as a solicitor or like a barrister. So just yeah. being mindful that, you know, you're going to kind of change along the way, but at the same time, just being um, open to learning and open to growing as well. So Most definitely. Yeah. Most definitely. I think it's very important for us to know ourselves very, very well. It's so easy for everyone to kind of say, I want to do this. I want to do that. I want to do that. Like, you know, like it's, it's all nice and well knowing what you're going to do in terms of like a career, knowing everything about that. But the most important mm-hmm. thing in life is to know yourself. And even like the older yeah. I've gotten, I've realised like um, when you like meet people, different people, or like when I see people sometimes and they still don't know themselves and they're like clocking 50, clocking 60, you know? And it's quite sad that it's taken them such a long time. And um, it's not a bad thing. You know, you're, you find out you're sort of different things about someone at a different age. But now that we've got the knowledge, now that we know how important it, this is, like Brian said, try and find out as much as you, as much as you can about yourself. And it, that, that builds on confidence yeah. and like just different aspects. Like, I don't know. But yeah, sorry. But yeah, I agree, yeah. Brian. <laughs> no, it's true. And just to yeah. add on, that's a, like, it's a constant thing. Like, we're constantly changing. So you constantly have to spend time with yourself. Mm-hmm. Like, I've been taking some time this quarantine to date myself and understand, like, just a bit more about myself. I feel like with this, you know, whole quarantine thing, like, we should actually utilise this time to get things in order, to understand and review certain things. Definitely. Um, yeah, that's actually a good point, mm-hmm. staying motivated. Mm-hmm. What about you, Adiola and Colleen? Anyone, feel free to jump in. Helene, <laughs> uh, do you want to go? I'm oh, sure. Yeah. No, you can go first, though. Go for it. Um, so I would say two tips, or if I had like a piece of advice to give. Um, yeah. The first one would be just to be resilient. Mm. Um, life itself is not smooth sailing. And I think 
in any industry you're going to face rejections Mm -hmm. um but I think it's important to be resilient and I think a lot of people say if you want it if you want it bad enough then you'll keep going but I think it's also important to be realistic so I would say (laughs) (laughs) no but it's true you have to be realistic um I do I do think that if you want it bad enough you will like continue to like pursue that dream or pursue that career um and eventually of course things will click but also just be realistic and think okay is this where I'm meant to be is this what I'm supposed to be doing um but don't give up at the first challenge or the first hurdle Mm -hmm. um just try to be resilient um and secondly i would just say dream big um i'm a big believer in the fact that no dream is too big um any dream is attainable as long as you work hard and so yeah those would be my two tips amazing amazing love that really good i actually agree yeah, I definitely agree with the things that both of you have said, actually. Really good. Um, I think, for me, um, the first thing I would say is be curious. Mm. Find out about your industry. Ask all the questions that you need to ask before you start the process or even during the process. And don't be afraid of the things that you find out. Yeah. So beware of the challenges, but do not let them be excuses under any circumstances. Um, I think the biggest thing that helped me was networking. Mm. When I first entered into the industry, I didn't know any lawyers. So I made it my mission to find people that were in the industry. Nice. And then again, that kind of like fell back to the first point, which is just, you know, then ask them all of the questions. Um, I think this is a point that's going to echo what everyone else has pretty much said, but it's to find out who you are. Mm -hmm. And once you find out who you are, honour that. And don't be afraid to put that forward. I think the last two things I would probably say is hustle, like work hard. Mm -hmm. Work hard, Take do the things that you need to do to get, to where you're going to be it's not going to be the same journey for everyone you're not going to come out of uni and straight away and find a grad job or you may do but you should only be concerned with your story at that Mm -hmm. point um Mm. I think the last thing I would say is that you know you're going to get rejections you're going to fail at some things so fail hard and fail fast get it out of the way don't be afraid of doing that the sooner you kind of do that the quicker you can kind of step closer to your successes and I think I've already said yeah hustle work hard which is yeah just work hard don't let anybody outwork you honestly that should be your currency you know but that's what I would say 100% I yeah I think you guys have touched upon every single point like Brian with the motivation Adiola with the resilience and then that tip of working hard and actually networking because that's something again a lot of people don't do when we leave uni networking we just kind of stay in our cocoons of like okay we'll just get there everything will you know but actually when you go out there and put yourself in those like some people may find uncomfortable uncomfortable situations you're with people that you're going to get some knowledge from why not you know why For not? real and networking opens some doors that academics can't 100 percent. i'm sorry, I'm sorry oh, it does it, does, it yeah, really does definitely 
But yeah, oh, thanks guys for those tips. So I guess um, another question that I would like to ask, I know we're firing so much questions at you guys. <laughs> but um, in terms of like quarantine, how would you guys kind of like, advise people to use this time to like grow like professionally as well? Because I know I've seen a few things like, just let people sleep, it's quarantine. If they want to rest, they can rest. That's fine. But like, if you do want to grow, these are for people that actually want to do something or, you know, like grow professionally. What advice would you give them? What are the things they can do at home at this time in order to kind of work towards their career? I think now's a really good time to start um, kind of networking. As I said, I'm really, really, really mm. big on networking. I can't emphasise enough how important mm -hmm. it is to build a network from early on. Um, I think people can definitely, you know, do the basic things like reading, getting familiar with your industry, keeping up to date, especially if it is an industry whereby um, you need a lot of technical knowledge and it's constant yeah. updates. Um, and now's the time to be creative. Like sometimes you've got to think outside the box to get to where you need mm -hmm. to be. So I think now's the time to kind of put that creativity that everyone possesses, but not everyone knows how to unlock sometimes to use. Yeah, no, it's true. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah, literally, just to kind of echo, um, you know, what kind of Colleen's mentioned there about networking. I think um, this would be a good time to kind of look back at, you know, your CV, but at the same time, um, look at LinkedIn as well, because I feel like in terms of networking as well, there's so much potential on, you know, LinkedIn. Or if it's a case of um, looking at, you know, maybe online webinars or kind of different situations where, you know, you can just kind of learn more knowledge about the industry you want to go into or just kind of, learn more about your skills in terms of okay what have i already you know got down or what do i already possess but at the same time how can i refine myself how can i improve mm -hmm. so um i think it's just the and as well like try and find people who are on like kind of similar kind of journeys or kind of mentors as well because you know yeah. literally a conversation starts with a hey you know hey good morning or hey good afternoon and then literally like you could build such a beautiful kind of you know relationship there as well and someone who can just kind of give you kind of lessons in terms of not just the academics or just kind of you know the extra curricular sorry but just in terms of life as well so how you kind of manage um like we were saying before like about the barriers but at the same time just to kind of keep focused and not kind of look too far ahead but at the same time just have that in the back of your mind saying that you know i need to or i want to achieve that at mm -hmm. the end of the day but i need to go through x y and z and just kind of work smart but at the same time understand that you know certain situations do require you to kind of work hard and focus so well yeah agreed as well thanks guys i hope you guys are writing down boy because i'm doing my own writing out here as well <laughs> <laughs> and how about you ade um i would just say now's a good time to just review your goals so if you have for example i was i am um, a friend of mine actually was saying that how it's useful to have long-term goals mm. and then try to break it down into short-term goals. So your long-term goals are like how, where you see yourself in five years mm -hmm. and your short-term goals is, okay, what am I going to do to get to that long-term goal? So regardless of the industry you're in, if you just keep, like, you know, decide where you want to be in the next five years and then you break that goal down into small fragments or sections about how you're going to get to that goal um i think that's a good way in how you can use this time to grow professionally yeah so for example if you in the next five years you want to own your own business and do a small 
um, startup, then maybe in this quarantine, your short-term goal would be networking more or finding out more about your industry, mm-hmm. how to go about setting up your business, that sort of thing. Yeah. So, yeah, um, I'd say that this is a good time to just review what you want out of your life and what you want to do and where you want your career to go. Yeah. Brilliant. Thank you, Adri, for that as well. Um, and just to top, touch up on that as well, something else that we kind of use like in therapy, I think I spoke to Paula about this before, is um, the SMART acronym. So like yeah. when you want to break down your goals, you can, you know, um, S for specific, M for measurable, A for achievable, R for realistic, and T for um, time. And what that does, it makes your goals more tangible. Because sometimes we do set goals and then we don't achieve them. But sometimes it's because the thought of that goal is overwhelming. But like you said, if you break it down, you'll be able to kind of like say, actually, OK, this is what I actually need to do in order to get there. These are the steps that I need to take. So, yeah, yeah that's a good one. I just wanted to find out, like, was having like, did you have a mentor like, to help you to help guide you through that process? And if you did, do you think that it was pivotal in like helping you get to where you're going? Um, I don't mind going first. Um, I had a mentor towards the end of my kind of like training contract application journey so I did two rounds of applications um, and it was towards the end I had someone look over my um, application and it was a mentor that I'd found on a formal mentoring scheme um and I've kind of finessed my way into that but that's a story for another day um (laughs) (laughs) but um he (laughs) gave me I think it's three sessions so I kind of did have a mentor for three one-hour sessions um but apart from that I didn't and I do think it was quite useful because um I think I said earlier that he was the one who pretty much questioned why I wasn't selling myself as well as I could So because he knew me, knew the things that I was doing outside of law, he was like, but why isn't this down on the paper? And I was like, oh, I didn't know we could do that. Say no more, sir. (laughs) That was really, really good because after that, I then went on to get um, three offers from three amazing law firms. One was from Magic Circle, one was from US, and one was from the Big Four. And it just took someone pretty much saying you know it's okay to be yourself yeah. and for me that changed everything amazing yeah that's good that is good yeah so I guess- and sorry, can, I, can I just say something actually I'm kind of going to go off on a tangent here right yeah but now that I mentor people I often see the same kind of shortcomings for lack of a better word in them so many times I'm looking over people's applications mm. and it's got nothing to do with the quality of their questions. Sometimes it's just like, you're not selling yourself that well. Mm. Okay. And then you kind of dig down, you kind of dig deeper into it and then you find out it's because of lack of self-confidence or they just don't know how to. And I used to be guilty of, you know, being the sort of person whereby if I wanted to apply to, I don't know, a magic circle firm, say Freshfields, for example, I would go on LinkedIn back in the day and I would look at what those current trainees had on their CV. And then I would start to kind of like be like, oh, they enjoy like mountaineering in their spare time. 
okay cool but I can't put that down because I don't like climbing mountains in my spare time yeah and (laughs) I kind of realized that personality basically starts where comparison leaves yeah yeah so um like I say it just took that person just literally questioning me and kind of giving me the green light for that to change my whole course wow that's really good Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. sometimes it is necessary it's always better to kind of go from like someone looking someone out looking in because they'll be able to give you a better understanding of what you're lacking if that makes sense because I feel like I've had definitely had a similar experience when I got a mentor for my application and exactly what you said happened to me as well because she was like you're not telling yourself your questions are fine but it's just like everyone else is very basic and she was so raw and then she was like whoa but I I got a lot from it so I definitely agree sometimes you just need that yeah sometimes you need that however I do think though that it is it is um I don't think a a mentor is absolutely necessary. I do think you can get to where you need to get to without a mentor. I think where there's a will, there's always a way. Yeah. Um, But I do think, you know, if you've got the opportunity to have a mentor, then why why wouldn't you kind of go for that? Um, So I I was actually racking my brains thinking (laughs) if I did have one. But So when I started the BBTC, I didn't have a mentor. I had a mentor Mm -hmm. halfway through. so in terms of actually getting onto the course, it was just pretty much me doing my own thing. And also I was lucky enough because I had friends who had, um, who was doing, basically I had friends who knew, who I had friends who had completed the course. And I also had friends who knew of barristers. So I was kind of lucky in that sense to just like ask them what they were doing and like the best way to like apply for the course and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, I have a mentor now um I have quite a few and they're quite useful I think personally mm. um just in terms of like if you're interested in a particular practice area or if you just want to see what day-to-day life is like they're quite useful to pick their brains um but in terms of actually my journey on the course I didn't have a mentor now that I think about it now but mm. so yeah I think it goes it's that's actually evidence of what Colleen said like even if you don't have a mentor it's not the be or end all yeah um because now that I think about it, I don't, mm. I'd had what, my first official mentor was halfway through the BBTC. So, okay. Okay. yeah. Yeah, yeah. mine was after the LPC. Yeah, I agree. I definitely agree. Yeah. I think where there's a will, there's a way. Definitely. Definitely. Mm. Yeah, to be fair, like, I haven't, I haven't really had, like, a quote-unquote, like, mentor, like, you know, just kind of where I am at today. But um, just kind of trying to look back, I'm thinking um just kind of in the past like certain kind of networking events and kind of personal development events um just kind of getting to kind of know people from there and kind of you know kind of asking them or if they've got kind of any connections to certain you know maybe clerks Mm -hmm. or chambers or kind of barristers and more so the kind of emphasis was kind of change the way you kind of use your social media so kind of look at Instagram and maybe Twitter or LinkedIn and kind of see the type of people that you're following. So um, if it's a case of, you know, you aspire to be, you know, a solicitor, kind of seeing if you can follow, you know, certain solicitors or if you aspire to be a barrister, follow certain barristers and kind of just see, Mm. you know, how they carry themselves, what they kind of talk about, um, certain kind of events they're going to or kind of, you know, promoting and kind of just using that as the inspiration to kind of say, okay, like, 
you know, as much as I've got the will and, you know, desire to kind of be on this kind of, you know, um, career path or kind of journey, um, these, you know, t different types of people all inspire me as well and kind of just take different, you know, bits of inspiration from, you know, each person or, you know, things like that where you can just kind of build your own kind of personal network and kind of bridge out from there. So um, kind of like, you know, Colleen was saying and Adiola as well, I don't really feel like you need, a mentor is always nice to have, but I don't think you outright need one. But at the same time, I think it's more of a case of just ensuring that you've got, you know, certain or different types of people that inspire you in different types of way as well and kind of push you to say, okay, like, as much as I want to be here or I want to kind of aspire to do this or I want to aspire to do that as well, um, just to kind of maintain the high standards for yourself and just kind of say to yourself that, you know, I need to kind of keep developing, but at the same time, keep growing and keep pushing myself yeah, each day. Yeah. So I definitely agree. And sorry, yeah. just to kind of piggyback off what Brian said, I've kind of found out that now the form of my mentors have changed. So I mentioned the mentor that I had um, during my second round of training contract applications after my LPC, and that was a formal mentoring scheme. Okay where it was just like, okay, I'm going to give you three hours of my time and that's it. Mm. Um, however, now my mentors are actually people who've been in the industry for quite a long time, but they're also my friends as well. Mm. So, and that was, and that kind of goes back to what I was saying about networking and kind of building your networks because they didn't start off as my mentors. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But now they're definitely people that I go to, you know, when I was looking to qualify, for instance, like I, I met up with Tunde, who runs um, an organisation called Urban Lawyers. And I was like, mm, I'm thinking of qualifying into this. Mm. What do you think? Oh, but I want to do this. And he'd be like, but why do you want to do this? Or maybe you could do this. Let me put you in touch with this person. Or nah, that really isn't you. I know that's not you. And I know that's not you talking that. And they can kind of give you... Um, advice but from a personal from their own personal experience but also because they actually know you as a person mm -hmm, as well mm -hmm. so I found that the form of mm -hmm. my mentors change they're not like official mentors mm -hmm. but they're definitely people that I would go to for advice mm -hmm. or if I've just got like silly questions etc yeah oh nice I and that's, that's a... even better than yeah having a traditional like mentor because they already know you. With a mentor, they still have to, like, gauge your personality, who you are, what you like, as mm -hmm, well as fitting sure. in, like, the, the educational side. But these individuals already know you, so they already, like, ticked one box. It's, <laughs> it's yeah. a whole lot easier. And mm -hmm. there's also that trust element, like, you can trust them to have your best interests at, interest at heart. For sure. Um, whereas if it's someone that you're still trying mm. to build that rapport with, it may be a bit harder to, mm -hmm. to really like trust um, that they have your best interests at heart or it's coming from a place of love rather than of like, like strict crit like critique, if you get right. Yeah. I mean. yeah. Um, 100%. So I think, yeah, you've, you've been blessed to have these people in your life. <laughs> Definitely. Honestly, but you know what though? It's purely through networking, and that's that's why I kind of bang on about that so mm -hmm. much because I didn't know these people when I first started out. Yeah. But honestly, if you try and build genuine connections with people, yeah. people are very open mm. to kind of meeting you, talking to you, helping yeah. you. You know, and I, I don't think we give mm. black people, especially in law, enough credit for that because 
the narrative for a long time was, oh my gosh, there's this partner, but they're never bringing anyone else in. And it's like, but have you actually reached out to them? Yeah, yeah. You know? I totally agree with that, Colleen, because even thinking about that, there's always this thing like, oh, um, um, black people never like to help each other, especially when they're there. But these are all assumptions. And a lot of it comes with pride as well. Sometimes I'm not speaking about everyone, not generalising it, but individuals can ha- have a lot of pride and they're like, oh, I'm not going to answer, I'm not going to be bothered. She's probably stuck up anyway. Again, assumptions. These are all assumptions you've made that's probably going to derail you from actually getting to where you need to get to. Yeah. Gonna say. So it's that's like sometimes you feel more comfortable yeah. going to ask uh, uh, an English person or a white person oh, a question as opposed to yeah. asking someone that maybe actually give you a better insight of their struggles and how they got there and what you need to do in order for you to stand out. So that's yeah. something that I've noticed a that's lot it. that we tend to do. And maybe at times, maybe I've fallen short a bit. I don't know. I don't, I've, I've tried not to. But that's why we tend not to network as much as um, kind of like English people tend to do or like white, white people, if you know what I mean. Because they network a lot, yeah. a lot, a lot. And for they sure, will, for sure. They, they're so humble about it. They don't mm. care what you do. They will say, can I sit down with you for three hours? And I'm just like, wow, these people network. Whereas with us, we don't do it. A lot of it yeah. did. For sure. I mean, we've yeah. got to. We've got we've to get got better at it. But I'm not going to lie. Sometimes you will get rejections. Like, I've had people, like, one of my really, really, really good friends now, actually, um, I remember reaching out to her ages ago. We became friends, like, through another mentor of mine. But um, I was like, you do know I hit you up, like, about 10 years ago on LinkedIn, and you did not respond. <laughs> you did no. not respond. You know oh, what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> so, but, but sometimes, you know, sometimes people don't respond. But I, I do think that, it is a bit of give or take and we've got to kind of be savvy with it because I think on the other side of like the spectrum from what you're talking yeah. about Jen is that sometimes people are too entitled so like you'll get people who message <laughs> you and they're like yeah it's can true. you give me five hours of your time okay cool whereabouts are you based yeah I'm based up in Liverpool can you yeah. come meet me I'm like, oh, yeah. I'm like you've, got to, you've got to make it you've got to kind of make it easy for the person so that they can't say no you've got to be like I know you work at EY I'll come to London Bridge let me know whenever suits exactly. you know what I mean that sort exactly. of thing and then even like <laughs> even like in terms of that that kind of example that you gave as well once they've once they've gotten that experience of you actually saying actually is it okay if you can come down to me because the other thing you're sacrificing your time it's like I told you they just want to help do you know what I mean it's just like yeah. again with another assumption yeah. you're not actually looking at it from so no it's true we need to do better y'all yeah, we, do. Literally. we do we do we do we can yeah. always do we're getting right? there we're actually getting there so it's exactly. good. Yeah. yeah I think what we also need yeah. to remember is that uncomfortable situations help you grow like, yeah and oh, for sure and it kind of links with yeah, what definitely. everyone's been saying like take time to know yourself and learn yourself because the obstacles that are stopping people from going to like to networking or being social it could be like they don't like speaking to to new people or they get nervous or they just don't there's something that they're not quite comfortable with and it's like once you tackle that then you'll be more inclined to going to these networking events and showing people like, yeah, like, this is what I do. What do you do? Let's network. Let's do this. Let's do that. Um, so I think it all links together. Um, just being comfortable in who you are. Yeah. And knowing who you are as well. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. I definitely agree with that, actually. Definitely. Did it- And I think it's important for people to kind of just realise as well that, there's a way to kind of 
get to know someone at networking events. Mm -hmm. A lot of people think that when you're networking, especially at law events, it's all about you and that they're, they're so worried about that. Okay, but what am I going to say about myself? And it's like, well, why don't you just get to know the other person? Yeah. People love speaking about yeah. themselves. Just ask <laughs> about them. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a trick, you exactly know. True. That is... Yeah. Or even if you're proper nervous, have like three questions that you ask everything that you ask everyone like, for real like have it have it in your notes like, on your phone and you're looking at it before you even step in and you're like okay I'm gonna ask them where they work why they got into the industry and like what they do do you get what I mean like those mm-hmm, three basic mm-hmm. questions and you know from there that like the conversation will just naturally flow I feel Definitely. like yeah you need to help yourself when you know that yeah. something could go wrong <laughs> exactly exactly exactly, exactly. Yeah. And even with anxiety, what helps anxiety sometimes, not too much pre-planning, but just like having, like, trying to plan before you put yourself in that situation, if you know anxious person. So like what Obi said, like, just actually writing things down or, do you know what I mean? Because you can't go there and your mouth will start shaking. Yeah. <laughs> you're, you're, you're or even practice. <laughs> exactly. Practice with one it of is. your friends. Just be like, exactly. pretend you don't even know me. Like, I'm just going to try and bust combo with you. <laughs> honestly no but thank you guys so much for all this knowledge like honestly um it's been so so helpful like even for myself as well so thank you guys for sharing your knowledge thank you for having us no definitely thank you for having us hopefully and also i was just gonna say well done to you guys for like what is this episode 17 17 yeah like no that's it's big it's big like seriously Consistency is hard, you know. It's really, really yeah. hard. So well thank done. You. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. And it'll we're be nice. We're just hoping that. Oh, sorry, go on to. <laughs> no, no. We're just. You guys said we're just hoping that. <laughs> oh no, I was going to say we're just hoping that um that anyone who's listening to this can actually like gain a lot of information, like whether they're looking to go into law or. It, I feel like everything that we've spoken about, or, although it has been law focused, it's some of the skills and attributes are applicable to so many different sectors. So um, I feel like with law in itself, that's a whole like, that's a whole nother level when it comes to mm-hmm. like making sure that you're out there, making sure that you're putting in the work. Um, but yeah, I think like are, are you, all three of you okay that if anyone does have any questions when it comes to law that they can reach out to you on socials um, mm-hmm. just to ask any questions or get your advice? For sure. I think I, I would also take it one step further and just say yeah, if sure, you yeah, just want to reach out and just talk, just slide <laughs> in the DM. <laughs> you know I mean? like that's, that's how you build your network. It doesn't always have to be about law that you talk to me about. You know, so I think I'm I'm always open to meeting new people, yeah. etc. Definitely. So, oh, thank you guys. Thanks for that. Yeah. Right. Right. Pleasure. Definitely. Thank you. Thank you for having me. No. <laughs> <laughs> so before we end really quickly, we always do um just to tie up everything that we've spoken about, we do a quote of the day and tip of the week. Mm-hmm. so drum roll <laughs> um we've got the quote of the day um from Adiora and then a tip of the week from both Colleen and also um Brian so oh, yeah. yeah it's whoever wants to go first 
<laughs> feel feel free. Yeah. Um, feel free. Hmm. Okay, um, my tip of the week would probably be um, to show up fully. Don't dwell on the past and don't daydream about the future. Just show up in the yeah. present. Nice. I think that would be my I tip. I really love that. Nice. It's going to be part definitely. of my affirmations for this week. <laughs> tip of the week. Um, tip of the week, tip of the week. I'd say probably kind of invest time and hold yourself accountable to it as well. Um, kind of explore the areas that you feel like you're not strong at. So, you know, whether that's, you know, speaking to someone or maybe groups of people or, you know, just kind of different areas about mm. you as a person that you feel like, okay, like I need to work on. Actually, um, actually, sorry, make a conscious like effort to kind of, you know, explore how you can kind of, you know, strengthen that or kind of progress in terms of, you know, just building that confidence in mm-hmm. turning those, what yeah. maybe you'd perceive as a weakness into like a strength as well. So just kind of consciously making that effort to kind of look at certain areas and improve yourself by the same time actually hold yourself accountable this week and say okay like I want to work on you know yeah. my speaking or you know kind of how I listen to other people and actually see you know on a day-to-day basis as well you know ask maybe you know whoever you live with whether that's your family members or you know boyfriend wife husband or whatnot um, just kind of ask them as well to kind of help you throughout the week to kind of gauge you know if you need to make any improvements or at the same time just to kind of say okay where have I actually you know um, made kind of growth as well so yeah that's my tip of the week Okay, so my quote of the day um, would just be to don't let your background define your future. Mm-hmm. Um, I think whether you come from a council estate or a penthouse, I'm a firm believer that your success is always going to be determined by your own hard work, confidence and fortitude. Mm-hmm. So that would be my quote of the day. Brilliant. Love that. Brilliant. Love that. Love Very that. Love that. inspirational. I feel like this whole podcast has just been inspirational literally it's been and it's just and the thing is we've done it in a different different way because i didn't know how it's going to go today but i feel like it's been amazing and very very inspirational and you guys have shed so much light into different areas and yeah thanks guys man honestly thank you so much thank Thank you you. thank you so um thanks for listening today um a massive thank you to our sponsors at ioko hair at fashion roll join in on the conversation and tell us your stories, your experiences, and also feel free to kind of um, contact our special guests today as well. But if you'd like to follow me on, follow us on socials, you can follow me at justin underscore one. If you would like to follow me, that is, oh my goodness, what is it? <laughs> if you would like to follow me on socials, it's at Zion LDN. Um, that's on Twitter and also on Instagram. Um, and for our um, special guest as well, let's start with Adiola. Um, um, so I don't have Twitter. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I have a personal Instagram, but if I mean, I'm happy to like take questions and stuff. So, Chin, I think the best thing to do would be them to email you. Do you have like an email inbox? Or yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, like, I'm happy to like respond to emails and stuff like that. I think that'd be the best because my social media is all personal yeah so I don't want like an influx <laughs> no worries that's fine that's yeah, fine but yeah that's absolutely fine mm-hmm. how about yourself Colleen and you can find me on everything at Colleen Mensa um and if you prefer to email it's info at Colleen Mensa and, and yeah Brian 
Yeah, so uh, yeah, if you want to get in touch, um, I've got Twitter and Instagram. Um, so the handle is at Brian Caps underscore. So yeah, feel free to ask me any questions or if you want to have a conversation. Okay, no and what we'll yeah, do as well, touch, we'll so, kind of yeah, put the details there as well, if you don't mind. So when people do kind of click on the um, episode or go on our Instagram, they'll see your details there. So they haven't like forgotten it or just in case they weren't able to write it down. But yeah, okay. on that note, it's a bye from me okay. and a bye from me. You guys can say bye to me. <laughs> <laughs> <Yes. Bye. laughs>